Welcome to the Unleash Your Voice podcast. I'm your host, Danielle Driuso, performer and creator by nature, voice specialist and leadership coach by day. And I work with entrepreneurs all over the world to help them unleash their voice and step into the leader that they were destined to be. This podcast is an unfiltered look at what it takes to truly own who you are as a leader, unleash your voice, and get your message to the masses. Are you ready to turn up the volume on your dreams, your desires, and your income? Sweet. Let's get started. What is up, you guys? Welcome to today's show. I'm so excited to bring you our next guest. This is a little bit different of a podcast than what I normally do. We talked so much about physical products, which is wild to me because if you know me, if you've been following me, if you've been listening to the podcast, you know that I am someone who has strictly digital products or shows up and does events and stuff like that, but I don't really have physical products, but I know a ton of business owners that follow me and my beautiful, lovely listeners. I love you guys all so much. You guys do oftentimes come to me with questions about products and when it comes to the difference between digital products and physical products and all this stuff. So we have a master at physical products. I can't wait for her to share her story. She's absolutely amazing. And you know what? Without further ado, let's just dive directly into it. I'm so excited to share her story with you. Here we go. We've got Laura on the podcast today, guys. Get excited. We're recording. Okay. Hello, hello. I'm so excited to have you on the podcast. Yes, um, hello. <laughs> I'm like, I got into my like, oh my God. So excited, like fangirly excited voice. Um, I'm so excited to have you on the podcast. For those of us who don't know you, go ahead and let us know who you are, a little bit about your story, because it's really amazing, and then what you're so fantastic at. Yes. Well, um, happy to be here. I'm so excited to chat with you. So um, my name is Laura Behrens and I am the owner and founder of an active wear for moms line called Love and Fit. Mm-hmm. And I am also a business and product development coach. And my story is really uh, how I came up with my products. I'm a mom of a two and a half year old. And when she was three months old, I was, you know, trying to get back into shape. I was working out in my living room and there was times I'd have to, you know, stop my workout to nurse her or we'd be running and I'd have to stop running because she'd be hungry or screaming. And I was pulling up my tight, sweaty sports bra. And I was thought to myself, this is just kind of like horrible. Like they don't have like a nursing sports bra out on the market. That's like supportive and drops down and, um, it's moisture wicking. And so I researched the market, which everyone should do if you are thinking about creating a product. <laughs> and I bought, um, probably only like three, three that I thought were kind of comparable to what I wanted to create. And nothing was, what I wanted. Nothing was moisture wicking, nothing was supportive. And I just thought to myself, well, it's not on the market. It's a need that I want. I think I'm going to decide to create it. And that's really where the, the line got launched. And we went through a lot of sampling processes. And um, after the nursing sports bra was launched, we came out with a tank top, a nursing hoodie, uh, nurse, or leggings that go from pregnancy to postpartum. And that's what really, you know, launched the line. And from there, I... I was, you know, working with social media influencers. We were doing Facebook ads. We're selling through Shopify. And a lot of entrepreneurs kind of kept asking about my story and questions like, how did you do this? Or how do you work with influencers? Or um, should you set, your, set up your online platform on Etsy or Shopify? And when I was getting all these questions, I just, you know, I was starting to respond to them all. And then I thought, 
wow, I, like a lot of people don't know this and they want this information. Like, and that's really what launched my business coaching business, um, which is now on my website, which is it's laurab.com. So cool. And where, how did you start even, I can't even imagine being like, I want to create this. How did you go from going, I want to create this? Cause you told me before you had like no background in like fashion or any of that. Can we go a little bit? You're going to kill me. Can we go a little bit into like your story of like <laughs> how you were like a total star? A star? A star. Well, like, yeah. Like, just like, remember we were talking about like your background and like singing and all that stuff. Can oh, we just okay. like, just briefly. Okay. Just briefly. Just briefly. So <laughs> I won't make you rap, but it, I like, just so everyone knows how much I love you and oh, how we like yeah, so connected so on this. Yeah. So I, I live in California now, but I'm originally from a small town in South Dakota. And um, I moved to California to LA um, when I was 19 to pursue my singing slash rapping career. <laughs> like so cool. <laughs> and um, so I was singing, I was writing and recording. I actually worked in the music industry for like eight years um, in pursuing my, my career as well as working in the business side of the music industry. And um and yeah, I just kind of started getting burnt out of having to go to shows and try to sing and, and, and create all these, the music and, you know, the life of a struggling artist. And um, from there, I, I actually just kind of flipped the lid and got really, got really interested in fitness and wellness. And I competed in some bodybuilding competitions and I kind of moved away from the music and kind of got, and got into fitness and wellness. And I was working in corporate with business development and sales. So, I mean, it's funny because like, now what I do, like everything that I did in the past kind of led up to it. So like the fitness and wellness, obviously yeah. is why I created the active wear line. And then I used to work um, for corporations for business development and sales. And that's kind of what, you know, led me to be able to build my own company. Yeah. And, and what, what with like that background though, even what was your first thought when you're like, I want to create this? What was your first step? Like, what was the first step that you went from being I, like, I want to do this? I started researching. So I, I had the bra of what I wanted in my head. I was like, it's going to look like this. It's going to look like this. It's going to feel like this. Blah, blah, blah. So I already had that in my head. So I just started like, google.com and a <laughs> uh, uh, designer in LA, fashion designer, you know, in LA, someone who can write sketches, you know, and I just started reaching out to people and I was like, this is my vision. Um, you know, do you have expertise in doing, you know, no, not a lot of people have expertise in doing a nursing sports bra. So I would be like, you know, have you done athletic wear before? Can you do sketches? Can you, you know, do a sample mock-up? And so honestly, it was just reaching out to different people. And I, I, that first year I went through six different designers, like five or six different designers. Cause no one was getting it. I mean, the first sample I got back of the nursing sports bra had like, it was like pinned together. My boobs were coming out the sides. Like it was not pretty. I was like, what am I doing? Should I be doing this? Mm -hmm. But I just kind of kept pushing through and was like, okay, that designer didn't work out. Let's find another one. And I just kept taking the, the final sample from each designer and moved it to the next one. And it just kind of get getting better, better and better till a year later, I had like the final prototype and the final design and I could go into production. Wow. That was probably so exciting when you had like the final thing and you're like, exciting, oh my God, but I, I feel nervous this. because you know, it's still like, kind of like launching a product to, to the market and being like, okay, I hope they like it, you know? <laughs> mm -hmm. And what was that growth for you? Like when it started to take off, where did it go from kind of, okay, we have it. We have the final thing. Oh fuck. Like now let's like, like push it out and stuff like that. What yeah. was that growth for you? Well, so we came out with, 
the leggings and the bra through Kickstarter. That was our first launch. And we got some amazing press on that. Um, you know, we got featured in Fit Pregnancy, Shape Magazine. Um, we had like a couple celebrities I was able to like get it to and do shout outs with. And um, that kind of like helped me because it was validation that like, this is not just a stupid thing. Like people actually like it and it's a need in the market. And I think that that's huge because before when I don't, when you didn't get that, like I still really believed in it. But then when you get that market validation, it's kind of like, okay, you know, and then you can feel good about continually, you know, pushing forward. Um, but yeah, that growth was like, you know, after the success of the Kickstarter, I was like, okay, great. Awesome. Like now let's really launch the e-commerce store online. Let's start selling. And I will tell you like, because I feel like a lot of people should know this. So when I was on maternity leave, I was still working and creating the bra, like, you know, the whole time. And then when I went back to work, I was still working and creating the bra. So it wasn't like I just stopped working, but, um, there was a time probably right before we launched on Kickstarter that I actually got laid off from um, my job. They laid off the whole team, the whole business wow. development team. And so that was actually um, a blessing in disguise because it helped push me to go like, okay, now I'm going to go full fledged into this company and really move forward. Otherwise, you know, I don't know if I would have let go of that security on my mm-hmm. own mm-hmm. of having wow. that corporate job and not like really diving in. So, um, so those, all that stuff kind of, you know, added up together, really helped push me forward and really, you know, move the, move the company forward. Wow. That's so cool. And I think it's really amazing. It's something about physical products is really cool because sometimes I can feel like we're like living like this fantasy land when we just have just as digital products, but the idea that you can like see someone wearing something that you've created, that must be such an incredible feeling. Yeah. I mean, on our Instagram, my favorite things to do is just like repost in stories, people like working out, wearing the bra or the hoodie, or they're like out to dinner and they're like, Oh my God, I love that. I can just like discreetly nurse in like this yeah. comfortable hoodie or they're out jogging. And I'm just like, okay, that's, this is, this is why I created it. Cause I was like, there's so many moms out here that want this type of active work. Oh my gosh. That's so cool. Yeah. Do you want me to start firing off questions? Because I'm like, we got so many. Okay, this is so insane. If that's what your listeners want, they're like, okay, give us the goods. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh. Especially with this. So this is really cool because um, a bunch of people, you know this, but our listeners may not, that I, I reached out to some of the makers and the people who do physical products that I know of in my communities and just asked, okay, like, what do you want to know? And we've got a lot of questions and I'm super excited. And then we can always like branch off and talk a little bit about more about your personal brand too and how you help people with this stuff. Cause this is also your expertise is you, you guide people through this, right? Like, yeah. Yeah. So like, I just had so many people asking me those questions and, and so I always think it's best to learn from a coach that's already been there and done it. And so for me, it's like, okay, I, you know, I learned how to create the e-commerce store from scratch, do the email marketing, work with social media influencers, do Facebook ads. And, um, and so I saw these other e-commerce stores, um, you know, having struggling with some of those things. And so with my coaching business, that's what I help them with. I guide them through the things that were successful for me and how they can do that with their business. Mm -hmm. That's so amazing. Okay. Are you ready? Yes. Ready. Okay. So the first one, is from Nisha. Thank you for calling in Nisha. Nisha, what's up? Shout out to Nisha. Okay. So I, it's, it's, she wants to know about consistency in physical sales. She says she's been selling Yoni eggs for a few months and 
sales seem to always be batched together. Like she's either totally out of stock or nothing is moving. Is that the nature of consumerism? I really like to focus on teaching and educating in my, in, in my marketing um, and her own experiences and stories. She says she, how she started was she was an affiliate for a U.S. company and saw that they made over $700 like really quick from, from her referrals. And she's like, yeah, you know what? I want more of that. So she started her own. So that's how she got started. And now she's wondering about consistency in sales. And what is the product? I didn't hear. What the, what's the product? A yoni egg. Do you know what a yoni egg is? No. What is that? It's like, okay, so it's a little egg. I only know this because she was at my retreat. Okay. And we talked about yoni eggs and I know very little, but I'll tell you what I know. <laughs> I'll pretend to be an expert. <laughs> things that I don't know. Um, but a lot of my friends use them. So they're like crystals that you like put up your vajish. And they like, oh, yeah. And what did you do? Oh my God. Okay, let me tell you. Let's oh see. my God. I mean, I just, I mean, we don't have to get into this and we don't want oh, to. Oh, we're still <laughs> getting into this. Can okay, wait, Yoni i like, I just have to understand the product so I can answer the question. If of I don't course. understand. <laughs> and also, I think it's the funniest thing to talk about. Like when we were at um, my retreat, a, a bunch of us, like I took all the girls to a crystal store, of course. And I was like, oh, let's all get crystals. And they told me about yoni eggs. And I literally was just like grabbing anything to my friend, Brittany, who's like a total like womb health guru. And I was like, do you put this up your vagina? And she's like, no. And I was like, do you put know, like, this up your I thought of like this big mouth. I was like, uh, I'll, like, like, is this <laughs> Yeah, it's like smooth, but it was super funny because I was like, Brittany, do you put this up your vagina? Yeah. Is this like, Okay. Crystal. You're like, how about this one? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and like yelling it at the crystal store. It's so funny. This is what it looks like. Everyone oh, can okay. feel it. Okay. So it's like a little okay. tiny egg. I think it's like li- like a baby, like little tiny. It's smooth. I thought it was like a paperweight when I first saw it. It's not. You put it right up there. So they're, um, yeah, they're like good for the muscle, like, they're good for like your vagina muscles and they like, like are crystals. Like your kind yeah. Of yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I can see that. Okay. It's so okay. good. So, <laughs> okay. so now I'm going to understand it. Okay. So her okay. question is consistency. So yeah. she's probably seeing like a huge ramp in sales for in like July or June yeah. and then it ramps down or something like that. So, um, that's normal in e-commerce. There's different waves of depending on what your product is, there's going to be more, you know, buyers. So like just instance in our brand, obviously my hoodies are going to sell in October, November, and December, and maybe a little bit in January. And then it falls off, you know, um, and then a different product is going to sell more, but just in general, I see, um, you know, sales usually Christmas time for, I feel that they drop off a little bit because mm-hmm. everyone's saving money for things. Unless you have a product that people are buying for Christmas, um, I see it drop off. And then I see January kind of start a little slow. And then I feel like February and March are high months. And then um, June, July are her month, higher months. And then um, November and October. So I do feel like it's just like a, a regular, like in the e-commerce industry, um, depending on what your product is, there is always going to be a little bit of wave. Um, you want to kind of keep a consistent monthly revenue, um, understanding that knowing that some months are going to go up a tiny bit and some months are going to go down a bit, but you'll still have that, that line all the way across. What I also would ask her is, are you being consistent with your marketing? Is your marketing the same all year long? You know, if you just are doing email campaigns on certain months, then of course your sales are going to be higher on those, those months, you know? So as long as your marketing is consistent all the way through and you're ramping up that marketing for those higher months, uh, you should be able to stay at like a certain level throughout the whole year. 
Okay, cool. And what would be like your number one thing for marketing for someone who is, because I know that um, not only does she do like the physical products, she also does a lot of education with the physical products. What would be something that might, might differentiate between someone who's selling like more of a digital, like, like education product versus a physical product? Meaning like what type of marketing they could, should do because they have a physical product? Yeah. Like, is there any yeah. difference or would you be like, yeah, like it's, it's yeah. Similar. I mean, what I, huge is social media influencers because you give them the product, they test out the product and then they say to their followers, this is why I like the product. The followers go and buy it. Okay. With digital products, that's a little bit harder to do. Like, you know, of course a social media influencer could say like, oh, I bought this course or whatever. You don't really come across that as much, Yeah. but how many times are you looking on Instagram where they're like, oh my God, I love this. And this is why I love this product. And I use it on my face or whatever it is, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, so for her, I think social, I mean, you'd have to find the right social media influencers that feel comfortable talking about that. But I think that that's huge. And then just making sure she has other things in place, like her website, making sure she has the pop-up and the newsletters in place and the um, retargeting emails if someone signs up for her, her newsletters. You know, um, a lot of sales can be, um, you know, added if she has an email marketing in place. You know, you send out an email, you should get sales, you know? Mm-hmm. So, um, but I think for physical products, one of the biggest things right now is social media influencers. That's so good. And how do you approach or how do you go about like finding people in your niche that or niche or whatever, however you want to consider it, um, but who are that you're like, oh yes, that one and find people who align with your brand and find people who you would connect to really strongly, who you know would support your brand. How do you yeah, go about so, doing that? So it's funny because when I'm, when I'm coaching, I have to, I take people through like a Instagram share screen and I mm. literally go through and I go, do you think that this would be a good social media influencer? And they'll either say yes or no. And then I'll dive into their Instagram and tell them like why they would and why they wouldn't. So one big thing is, first of all, when you're searching for one, use a hashtag. So like for me, I'll use like pregnant workout. That's going to be a, anyone who's posting a pregnant workout. I'll go through, see if they're, you know, more of an influencer. Um, you know, that would be huge. But if like, let's say it's a organic makeup line, you know, like p- just do like search organic makeup hashtag or whatever, or organic beauty. Um, and you kind of, you can actually, um, you know, follow those hashtags. So sometimes like they'll pop, they'll pop up in your feed and you'll see like the main influencers who's getting more hits, but you find that influencer, you dive in. What I always do is go look through all the comments, make sure they're having at least, you know, if you're looking for micro to mid influencers, make sure you're seeing at least 40 comments, 30 comments, and then dive into the comments. Are they bots? If they're saying nice, awesome, cool. Those are bots. Okay. So great content. Yeah. <laughs> Love your feed. You're not going to count those comments. So if you look through the, all, let's see, that girl's picture has 40 comments and 15 of them are nice or smiley face and that's it. Those aren't real people. They're not real engagement. Um, you want to look for, oh my gosh, I love that dress. I saw, I saw you post something like that on Tuesday or that red looks so, is it something that's direct that, you know, it's not a bot Mm -hmm. and then make sure those 40 comments are also from actual people and not just the influencer commenting back. Cause if she's coming back on all of them, that means she wrote 20 of them and the people wrote 20. So actually that comment, that picture only got 20 comments. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. Um, so that's something I'm looking for. 
that's how I check in like full on real engagement. And then I'm just looking at like their image content. Are they um, talking about other brands? Um, how are their followers responding to them? Do they seem really interested in like pretty much everything that she's talking about and they love like following her? Um, and then you want to look at followers, of course. Um, big secret. Everyone thinks that you need to go for the biggest follower. No, 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 not right now. We see most of our sales with, when we're working with social media influencers with those micros. So like we're, we're talking like 10 to 60,000 followers. That should be where your target is. Of course, every now and then we'll get, you know, you can work with a 500,000 or 400,000, you know, social media influencer there. That's probably going to be paid. So you're going to understand that you're going to have to have a budget for that. But the micro influencers, um, some of them have to be, they want to be paid, but otherwise they'll do exchange for product. So, you know, you send them product, you tell them, you know, that if they love it, we would love if you could share on Instagram stories or on a post. Um, and honestly, like eight times out of 10, they'll do it just mm -hmm. for the product, you know? Yeah. So if you don't have a huge budget budget to pay for, um, you know, 200 to a thousand to $500,000 to post for those big influencers, that would be my biggest advice. That's so good. Okay. Perfect. Going back to the comments. Let's see. Okay. Yeah. What, oh, what are the best markets to sell in? Is that a pretty uh, general question? Yeah. Like, what do you, what, what, what do you mean by like? What? Okay. I'll read the second one. So, okay. Best markets to sell in. I would assume it, it was like, I feel like we kind of covered like, probably like influencer market. It was like one that you could like put in there. I think that's what she, what she means. But the second like, one is. To sell in is probably what she's saying. Yeah, probably. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I would say. Instagram, number one, and then number two, Facebook ads. Cool. Okay. Is it good to sell in stores? If so, how do you approach stores and what's a good cut? So it is good to sell in stores. So I'm working with a client now where she does like um, bath bombs and body scrubs and that type of stuff. And I said, hey, you know, a good idea would be to go into like the yoga, yoga studios. They always have like a little... Um, shelf of like that type of stuff mm -hmm. or gift shops and go in there. Um, and that's just wholesale. That's all. I mean, that's all you're doing. So you can set it up two ways. You can go in and be like, Hey, I want you to buy my products wholesale. So that's usually like, um, depending on how you do it, it's like 40 to 50% off. Um, and they buy the products and then that's it. And they, they sell it and they get their income from, from it. Or what you can do is say, Hey, I'll provide all the stock and I'll give you 20%, 15% of the sales. So there's two ways to do it. Most people do the wholesale route, but um, I've worked out de deals where I'm like, don't worry about the stock. I'll come in. Like if it's someplace that's close, I'll come in, I'll restock everything, but then all the sales, you get 20% of it. Mm, that's so good. And so, so ended up, yeah. I will say if you're selling in store, it's a lot of, it's a lot of work. Um, so you want to make sure that you're getting a lot of traffic and there's going to be a lot of sales there. Mm -hmm. And I know you were telling me about Sh Shopify and Etsy. So do you want to talk a little bit about that too? Is like the differences and like how to like host? Yeah. So, so there's a lot of people doing great on Etsy, you know, selling thousands of dollars on Etsy. That's, that's great. I think everyone, if you're on Etsy, you should stay on Etsy. 
but I would recommend also setting up a Shopify website. The reason is on your Shopify website, you have more control over your customers and you can track a lot of things through your Facebook pixel. So if you have your Facebook pixel installed on your website, you're going to be able to retarget anyone that has touched your website, maybe has done add to cart and then left. You're going to be able to go and send them an email and be like, Hey, you left something in your cart or even send them a Facebook ad going like, Hey, you know, do you remember you came to my store? Here's what it looks like. Um, with Etsy, you don't have those analytics, that detail, and you also don't have um, all of your customers' email address. I think it's pretty hard to like generate all the email addresses on the back end of Etsy. Mm-hmm. Um, so, like, God forbid, Etsy goes down. Where, you know, you're th- those. Let's say you sold a five thousand to five thousand people. You don't. You no longer have that that database of those people. But if it's your own website, you have that database. You have their email addresses where you could still sell to them. Mm-hmm. So I always recommend if you're selling on Etsy, that's great. I would also recommend a Shopify website. Um, if you're not doing really well on Etsy, I would just go all the way over to Shopify. Wow. Okay, cool. Amazing. And how do you treat, how do you keep track of your inventory? Oh God. <laughs> like, this is so funny because this is like so out of my realm. Do you like, how I'm just like, oh, I, oh, okay. I, so I have a Google um, spreadsheet. And that's how I keep track of it. And um, I have a shipping um, in manager, shipping manager that does inventory counting and that type of stuff and keeps track of that. But on Shopify, it will also keep track of your inventory. Um, but I always like to double it up with also a Google Sheet so I can cross-reference. But on Shopify, when someone when your item gets sold, it t- gets taken away from your inventory on Shopify. So um, that's why I actually really love Shopify because the analytics and everything on the back end are really easy to use. But I also use a Google sheet, um, just a cross reference too. You should always have that as backup because if on Shopify, it says, you know, you have 20 units left and then you go on your garage and you only have four, you know, that there might be an issue with something getting done shipping, but mm-hmm. so you should always have a Google sheet plus the Shopify for tracking inventory. So good. Okay. How do you price your item when you make them? Well, so you would think about how much it takes you to make it. Okay. So, um, let's say you're making a candle. Okay. So the actual dish, the the candle's going, how much does that cost? How much does the wax cost? How much time does it take you? So I would think about, you know, um, if it takes me 30 minutes, you know, um, and, and the dish is $2 and then the wax, you know, is another dollar. So it's $3. You want to think about, okay, usually, um, like with apparel, you usually, if you're, if you're selling wholesale and then to retail, they take it, times two and then times two. So it ends up kind of being like times four. Um, but you want to think about that, but then you also want to look at your competitors and your market. So let's say it costs you $3. So three times two is six, six times two is 12. You would think about, okay, now I want to price it at 12 and then look at the market and see, is that too high, too low? And then you can kind of reference on where you're at. Cool. When, um, yeah. Oh, when selling in shops, what are some of the most effective ways to ensure that you get sales? When you're selling like in a brick and mortar? Yeah. Or even, I guess, when you're, when you um, kind of host in other shops, so say if you like put your stuff in a yoga studio or something like that, yeah. the sales are kind of like up to them. Yeah. 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 So I guess, yeah. When you, how do you ensure sales when it's like on you? 
So what I would do is make sure that during that month, I'm having like one or two promotions, like a weekend promotion. Okay. Make sure you have the signs made, make sure they look really pretty, bring them into the store, tell the people that are at the store that are the reception. Hey guys, I just want you to know Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, I'm doing 40% off the collection. It's right over here. Um, can I put these little cards up by the register, you know, by the reception? And then also, so you have cards up by the reception, you have a sign there, you, you go there, Friday, drop everything off, make sure people know about it, then go pick up your stuff Sunday. I would probably do that twice a month so that the people in the store, I mean, obviously they're going to have different workers and you're not going to know everyone, but if you have those signs up and the little cards, then they're ready to go and have a promotion also too that like work with them. Like, let's say it's a yoga class that says, you know, um, buy this package, get, get a candle for 20% off or something, you know, start, Mm -hmm. start trying to pair up with the studio on little promotions that you can do or a mother's day promotion or Christmas day promotion. Um, and go in there and make signs and have it available and make sure no people know about it. That's so good. And what is, what are the number one things that you feel people come to you with that, if you could tell everyone just in one solid go or like something that you commonly have people come to you with when they're, cause I don't like to use the word like mistakes mm-hmm. because what are some things that you feel people really get in their own way when it comes to this side of business? So the most common thing that I'm seeing recently of people that are coming to me that I'm starting coaching with is that some of them are just starting out or some of them are doing really good. Like sales online. And then I go, okay, great. Let me go over and look at like your Facebook and Instagram. And they're not doing anything. And I'm like, oh my God, like the majority of your sales can come directly from Facebook and Instagram. So if you're doing already really well, just on your Etsy store, then you could be like doing 30%, 40% more by really putting some type of strategy in place on Instagram. Mm-hmm. Um, when I say Facebook, I mainly mean Facebook ads because a Facebook business page, you can post on that all day now and it's not going to get seen that well because of the algorithms. So, um, I, I'm mainly talking about Facebook ads and when we get into Facebook ads, it's a whole other <laughs> story, yes. but what content to po- post, how to target, um, your audiences. It's a whole other thing that takes some work, but having that in place, plus an Instagram that's showcasing the product, working with influencers, doing giveaways. That's a whole other marketing channel that can be bringing in again, like 30 to 40% more. Mm -hmm. And even with influencers, I feel like that's like a really good starting place because as you said, like not all of them are expecting to get paid. Some of them are just expecting to maybe like be paid in product or something like that. And so giving someone something that is a lower cost to you like just sending it their way, you could be touching like thousands and thousands of people who normally wouldn't see your stuff. Yeah. That works better in the algorithms. Yeah. Yeah. And it just has to make sense. Like, of course I feel, you know, and I'm not saying that you shouldn't pay influencers. Influencers should get paid for what they're, they are like an advertising, you know, revenue market so that, you know, they should get paid. So depending on what your product is and it brings enough value to them and how many, how many followers and what their engagement is like is how, you know, if like they're going to get paid. So some might be product plus $150 or someone might just do it for product. It depends on the the price of the product too. Yeah. That's Mm -hmm. super awesome. And what's, what's something that you feel might hold people back kind of on the mindset side when it comes to doing something that you are physically creating products that you're physically like, what has that been for you Mm -hmm. and what has really kept you going? So the mindset is going to be whenever you're, 
creating a physical product, you're going to get critiqued. Okay. Um, just like a digital product, but when it's mm-hmm. a physical product, you're kind of like, okay, here it is. Like, you know, um, I, I hope they don't like, I hope they like the smell of it. If it's a candle or, oh my God, if there's a thread stitch that's out, are they going to freak out? Um, so I would say in the beginning, you have to be ready for, um, comments and feedback, negative and positive. Um, and so that's something I had to go through. And I remember like my first negative comment, like back, I was like, Oh my God, like, you know, like, like, I don't know what in the world, I guess I thought that everyone was going to think that it was like perfect and amazing. And you have to understand that the product might not be for everyone. So someone might want, you know, that nursing sports bra and then they get it, but it just doesn't fit their body. Right. That's okay. Like, it's just not for them, you know? Um, but you have to think about it this way for all, like you get a hundred amazing comments and you get two negative ones. Don't let the two negative ones, like, you know, drop you to the bottom. Like, I'm just like, not everyone is going to love your product and you have to be okay with that. And so get that in your mind. So if you're, um, you know, you know, making like, um, signs that I've I've been seeing a lot of these people that make like these, these metal signs and they're really pretty, Mm. you know, maybe someone, someone that's not their style. Like, okay, no big deal. Or maybe you make lip balm and they're like, oh, I hate the flavor of it all. That's, not, that's okay. So the mindset has to be is create something that you love and that you would wear or that you would hang or that you would, you know, have a candle like that um, and do it to the best of what you feel. It's amazing. And then that's, that's got to be okay. And when you get feedback, kind of thanks for your feedback, use it to revamp things if you want and make it the product better in the future. That's so good. And so how has this been, this transition been about going from, cause I know we were kind of talking about this, going from this physical product to like now being a personal brand as well and help coaching. What was that transition like in your brand for you? And being like, Hey, I've, I've been behind this product and now I'm like in the forefront, like yeah. now the face, like the face of what you're doing. Yeah. I will say like, if you look at the, my Instagram, so the company Instagram is still very much more of a company, a brand. Like I'm rarely on there. Um, and I kind of wanted it to be like that. Like, of course on the website, you're going to see me cause I'm modeling like the items, mm-hmm. but I didn't want to be on Instagram stories on the brand page as much. I'm, I'm on there every once in a while, but I kind of keep it a balance because I do have a personal brand, which is a different Instagram where I talk about more of, you know, uh, the process of, you know, building a business and the business coaching and like family life and being a mom and working out and that type of thing. So, um, it it is a decision you have to make. And it's funny. I've talked to a lot of other business owners. They're like, so should I be on Instagram stories, like on my company Instagram, or should it be someone else? And I, and what I would say is you got to think about what the product is. And if it is something that is like, that you do daily or that you use daily that you can kind of showcase. And definitely I would say go on the Instagram stories of your brand and be out there. Um, but if it's, if it's not, and it's just like, you know, like, let's say you're doing a whole bunch of drop shipping stuff, I would make it more of like a brand Instagram and more of like, you know, like, like you see, like just company based. Mm-hmm. That's so good. And how do you really function with, um, when you have a, how do you dissociate yourself from a company when the company is your baby? 
on like something where you feel like you don't take those things personally. Cause I know a lot of people, when we, when I talk to people about prices or talk to people about the feedback that they get when someone's like, Oh, your product's too expensive or something like that. It just cuts them so deep. And now I know that I've dealt with that, like with like digital products and stuff like that. You're always going to be too expensive for like not the people who are not right for your product or service or whatever. And you're always going to be like not expensive enough for the people who do not fit. And what's that, what's that been like for you when it comes to your physical product and like taking yourself out of that and seeing it as a company versus like your baby? Yeah, that's hard because you want to just write back and be like, do you understand how much work I put into this? (laughs) You want to do that, but you can't because that would be crazy. Mm -hmm. Um, so you have to look at it as like, um, if you were buying something from target and you like went onto targets, Instagram, and you were like, I really didn't like that sweater because it, you know, um, it was a small, but it fit like a medium or whatever. And you have to think of it that way. Like that's just how people are going to respond. And some people are nicer and not, not as nice as others. Um, and that's what I had to do. And what it actually, this is a good tip. I actually went on Nordstrom's Instagram and, um, my girlfriend was just like, Oh, um, she was telling me to check out something on their Instagram. I don't know. And I went through and like clicked and I started looking at the comments and I was like, Holy crap. And like, there was not, there was some not good feedback on Nordstrom's comments on some items of their clothes or whatever. And after I saw that, I was like, Oh, like, this is just what happens. You know what I mean? Like people are going to have opinions about everything. And even the biggest, you know, retail brands out there are going to have it that have higher end products, you know, even probably like Louis Vuitton and these people, they Mm -hmm. always are going to get comments like, Oh, it's too expensive. Oh, I don't like that style. Oh, that color is stupid. You know? And so me realizing that like, no matter if you're a small brand, a high end brand, blah, 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 it's going to be there. That was what kind of helped me go like, okay, like it's okay. Cause this happens to everyone. <laughs> That's so good. There was something on Tiffany's website. I was, um, just like in one of the groups that I was in or something like that. And they're like, if anyone tells you that you're too expensive, just oh, in mind the paperclip. Yeah. I picked was, the paperclip. Yeah. See, like you, do you know how many, you know how many crazy negative comments they probably got? Like, really? You're charging a thousand dollars for this? However much it was. I don't know. hundred dollars or whatever. I want to say I was, I was like 500 or like a thousand dollars for this one single paperclip. And I was thinking that, and, and it was so funny because thinking about people who really love something, they'll be like, Oh, I'll pay anything for that. Like whatever. Right. But they're obviously they did not have they probably don't, maybe they do, but thousands and thousands and thousands of people being like, that paperclip is mine. But they could have had like three or four people be like, that paperclip is mine. Like I will pay whatever for it. Yeah. And I want to add to this. So like there's times where um, someone will say, oh, that's too expensive. I found this here. And yeah, I want to say like, okay, order both of them and tell me what you think. Because that's what I, that's what I did. Like I ordered a whole bunch of, you know, nursing sports bras and they were thin and they were moisture wicking or they weren't moisture wicking. They had no support. They were horrible, but yeah, they were $20, you know, so you get what you pay for, you know what I mean? And so with our active wear line, um, we source the fabrics and make sure they're super high end, make sure the quality is great. The feel, I mean, I guarantee anyone that orders our nursing hoodie, hundred percent that it's going to be the softest hoodie that you have ever felt in your entire life. 
I guarantee that because I, the outside of it, the inside of it, it took me seven months to find this fabric and I've never felt a hoodie like this, this soft. So, you know, when I get a comment that says like, oh, I could, I think I found this for cheaper or that's too expensive. You know, you have to understand like you're kind of, you're not comparing apples to apples. You're comparing apples to, you know, a different orange that's, you know, you know, yeah. cost more to produce too. And I think it's super important because even you can hear like the integrity in your voice too. Of like, I spent like this many months trying to find this, like you stand behind your product. And I think that's so important because what people can do is start to like doubt themselves and then like cut corners and then do all this stuff and like try to like, like avoid having to have such expensive things because they almost feel bad or guilty. But it's like, when you put something out into the world that is so in integrity with who you are and you stand behind it, it's like people feel that. Yeah. And you know what, there's, there's a couple products, um, that I was like, that I came out with that I was like, gosh, it's just not where I want it to be. And then what you, you just revamp it, you know, Mm -hmm. and then you, you know, come out with the next version of it. Like, that's all it is. So it's like, if you have a product where you're like, it's not the best, you have some inventory. Okay, great. Sell your inventory, revamp it, make it to where you feel real comfortable about it. You know? Yeah. That's so good. Okay. If you had a microphone to the world, this is what I ask everyone. If you had a microphone to the world right now, I wish the entire world was listening to this podcast. They could, if you leave a review and subscribe, but, um, I always tell anyone who's like, Oh, I'll check out your podcast. I'm like, don't forget to leave a bang and review. Um, what, if you had a microphone to the world right now, what, what was something that you would love to leave or like a legacy or something that you just want people to understand? Big question. Well, I know lots of pressure. I know. <laughs> well, one of my legacy, it's funny. Cause I always feel like everyone comes up with like my legacy to the world is like this one sentence line. And yeah. I could never figure out that one sentence line. I was like, well, it's kind of like this and it's this. <laughs> I always feel like, um, my legacy to the world and it kind of fits in with my brand now has always been, um, specifically probably more with women is just inspiring them and helping them to live life to the fullest. So they don't feel like they're stuck in this place and they are unhappy. Um, because we've all gone through those parts of our life where we're just like stuck, we're unhappy, we're depressed, blah, blah, blah. And, you know, with my, I used to do wellness coaching, um, was just like kind of lighting a fire under these women's ass and being like, okay, you want this? Let's go get it. Let's inspire. I mean, I want to inspire you to get to that next level and kind of push you to get there. And I've always kind of had that in me since I was young. And so I guess my like one line to the world was always just like, if you want something, go out and do it and don't let anything stop you and just power through. And you're going to have bad days. You're going to have good days. And that's just what's going to happen. But I would rather be 90 years old sitting in a rocking chair saying that I freaking took the chance and did it then going like, Oh shit, I kind of left a shitty life. And I didn't really, you know, I didn't really, Oh yeah. You know, I wanted to work out, but I really didn't. And so, you know, I'm, I'm I gained weight or gosh, I really want to start that company, but I didn't. And now I did, you know, that's like the worst feeling for me. And I would not want anyone else to feel like that. Mm-hmm. So if there's any way that I can inspire and help someone to not have to feel like that when they're 90 years old, then that's what I want to do. <laughs> I love that. That's so good. Well, thank you so much for being on the show. This has been incredibly informative. Like, holy smokers. It's a whole yes. new world. I hope I hope the listeners got a lot out of it. Oh my God. Yes. And I guarantee you people are going to be like buzzing about this, especially because a lot of people who do physical products follow me. And I'm like, can't help you here. But now I can just like 
like put everyone to you. (laughs) Yeah. Cause you can actually go and like help people with this stuff. And it's super important. And I'll put all your stuff in the show notes so people can follow you and just soak up all your incredible knowledge. Amazing. Well, it's been so fun. I mean, honestly, I feel like we're like besties now. Chatting with you and, you know, our, our, our before call, we are, we were all talking about singing and stuff like that. So we have to go karaoke in some time when you're in town. Oh my God, seriously. <laughs> I, I will a hundred percent. Yeah. We were talking about this and I think it's so cool because, um, like now it's just on the forefront of my head. Cause we were talking, it's just so random that this is coming up, but let's talk about it a little bit. And then I'll let you go. Um, but the idea of singing and having to like hit that note and having to like be perfect. And mm-hmm. it's like, it's not what it sounds like. It's what it feels like. And I think it's almost like the same thing with yes. business. Like it doesn't matter what you're hitting exactly right on the mark. It's like, how does it feel? Yeah, totally. And I, what I tell everyone, I just say, if you have some a product and you have an idea, like just freaking get it out there. Even if it looks like crap or you don't have it finished yet, get it out there. Then just revamp as you go. Mm, I love that. Yep. Well, thank you so much. Okay, we're going to say bye to you. But everyone, everything's going to be in the show notes. And yeah, thank you so much for being on the show. Thanks for having me on. I hope you love, love, loved that episode. You want to come hang out with me a little bit more and maybe talk some more leadership love and unfiltered voice, then you can go ahead and find me on social media at Danny Driuso. And I would love for you to come join me in my private Facebook community. This is where the conversation continues, okay? So I'm always in there giving you guys live trainings and information and just making sure that you guys are fully supported in your business life and leadership. Okay. It's a totally free Facebook community and you can find the link below in the show notes to come join me there. And I would love, love, love for you guys to leave me a review if you feel so moved to and let me know how you are loving these episodes. Okay. And maybe who you want to see on next time. Thanks for tuning in to the Unleash Your Voice podcast and go be bright, be bold, and be you.